0: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fly show, show, broadcasting live from Jerusalem to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Rabbi Mike Foyer. Oh, shalom, Ishai. And shalom and welcome, since it's Thursday, not Wednesday, uh, for recording. So shalom and welcome to Beit Midrash Sula Yakov, where a beautiful yeshiva, uh, what are they called? Simchat. Oh, Simchat, Simchat Shlomo. Simchat Shlomo, that's right. That's right.
1: Simchat Shlomo, this great... It's uh, a smicha yeshiva, right? Uh, yeah. Their smicha program actually ended last year, uh-huh. but they are still learning hard and deeply into the classical sources as well as that of Reb Shlomo Karlebach. Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely to
0: see them, though. I love to see them. And Shlomo, welcome to your shalom to the Nachlaut neighborhood. One of my faves, just to walk around here, makes me feel immediately at home. I love this place. It's so great to be here. Um, also, Shlomo, welcome to me back from Chutzala uh, Arts from back outside the, of the land of Israel. Of Israel. I was halfway in the land of Israel, I was in Brooklyn, uh, but now I'm I'm fully in the land of Israel, and that's that's what's so tricky about halfway, halfway feels like halfway, but it ain't, uh, but it feels like it, it could feel like it, uh, but it's great to be back home and, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing like being here in your you're a and Shalom and welcome to a uh, tricky Torah portion, I also want to say, by the way, Shalom, welcome to all the good people that I saw along the way. So many people, Rabbi Mike, are listening to the show. Awesome. Are connected to the show. It gives them their highest It gives them their their, their uh, life force. Right, but if you were Chabad, you would say, "What what is chayes? Not chayes. There is a chayes, but they have vi, 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 not vivitude, vivacity. Your no, vivacity. Your no, they have it.
1: Vital, your vital have force. Vivitude. They okay, have, they say something
0: on. like that, and, and it's like a it's like a special Chabad word um, in English." <laughs> Um vivaciousness, whatever. Vivacity. So, Just move on. Yeah. So uh so it gives it gives people a lot of that uh, that's that life, life source. By the way, speaking of that, last week's Torah portion, which we don't have the time to get into, but Shlach, you know, there's this verse that I talked about um, I did record last week without you though about it, and it says, you know, Vulam Chai ani. I I however I'm alive. God that's says, right. I'm alive. Like I'm Johnny alive. Five. Johnny Five, you know, he says I remember. I'm alive, right? So Le So, it. so I saw. Uh, uh, I saw. Now, Art Scroll is about to put up, put out the most incredible new book, in which they have all the Talmudic passages about any verse.
1: Oh. it's
0: incredible.
1: It's the Toldos Aron.
0: R- r- like Mamash, everything. It's the Toldos
1: in reverse. Toldos is the classic commentary that, within the Chumash itself, tells you where you can find right. a reference to the Gemara. Right. So what they, they did was they reversed it. It's an amazing thing. Uh, computers are a fantastic No, No, it, it is the Chumash, but but there's the the actual Talmudic... Yes, I'm saying, but the are is just a reference. Right, like, this is not like just a, a standard reference. standard Chumash.
0: So I saw, that they put out a, a small one on Prashat Shlach. So it says, Vulam Chayan. it says, it's in the Gemara. It says, Moses, you have enlivened me. With your words, with your truth, you have given me life. And I thought to myself, that is so... Uh, inspiring
1: a, it's a mission yeah. I can get on that mission
0: we can, we, can, we can make give God life, alive in the world right we can make him alive in this world and we, we also say it every day in davening in a hidden way we say Suri Israel kuma be'ezrat Israel right which usually people think means God of Israel arise to the help of Israel but it actually means God of Israel uh, arise with the help of Israel we will help you arise
1: right or you can even say be'ez through what you could, see, you could read that as, through the help of Israel. Right, through the help of Israel. We shall help you arise. Yes. All right. Let me help you up there. Okay,
0: so now we're going to go to the Torah portion. In some ways, could be considered the hardest Torah portion of them all. Because, I'll tell you why. Because instead of, the, the what's regularly considered the hard Torah portions are the two, curses,
1: the two Torah portions. I ah, mean like have, emotionally hard, like, ooh, I don't want Yeah, really like, wanna, like I don't want to read this. Yeah, I don't want to oh, yeah, okay. read this hurts. I was just wondering what the hard... Right, oh, things. I
0: didn't mean hard like, like oh, it's one of these blueprint Torah portions, and which like are Like, I don't hard. understand why we're we talking about this. Right, and I don't mean this is a, a skin lesions Torah portion, uh-huh. which, are, which are hard. I mean hard emotionally, and there's two Torah portions that have the, the, the curses in them, uh, you know, God's God's wrath, but here it's really hard because you Last have... Last week was pretty hard. Um, you know, last week the was hard, but it gates. also had it, it had a tremendous in, inspiration. Though you you we met these two great leaders, Joshua and Kalev. Still, the shutting of the gates,
1: the, the the decree of forty years. Yeah, but
0: they weren't ready to go, and the, and the decree wasn't total. You know, the decree wasn't total, and and they were they were they still
1: had you know they were still stuck in slavery. They had okay, slave mentality. No, so what's our so so Here, to, to face? Bu- decha? Look at the enemy goes down in this. Story. Yeah,
0: but it's a Jewish enemy. This ah, is this listen. is about this is, let's 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 make it simple. Yeah. This is about bad
1: Jews. This is about rebellion in the ranks. Right, this is about self-hating bad Jews rebellion in the ranks. I don't know if self-hating is actually a fair one to throw out there. I think do, avoid our current discourse. I don't think Korach hated the fact that he was Jew. I think Korach believed he knew the right way to be a Jew and wanted it done his way. That's okay. very that's a very different statement. Um Listen, Korah's primary claim was, we were all there at Sinai, Moshe. We all heard God's voice. Yes. We're all holy. Yes, but but you do get the sense from the Torah portion
0: that that was a pretense of a certain kind of selfishness, of a certain kind of self-aggrandizement, as P.J. O'Rourke says, power to the people usually
1: means power to me and a few of my friends. Which is fine, but that doesn't make him a self-hating Jew. Okay. I mean, the, the self Jew is a person who actually can't handle Israel's mission in the world, and that mission is bound up with holiness. Korach actually was was quite mission-focused. You are correct that he saw perhaps the mission as a vehicle for his own, you know, sort of advancement, but the, his assertion that we're all holy. And don't forget, who descends from Korach ultimately? Shmuelanovi. Right. Samuel the prophet. Samuel the prophet who brings kingship into the world, and by the way, is in the end, he's the one that shepherds leadership out of the hands of the priests into the hands of the kings. So he kind of finishes what Korach began in many right, ways. Right, right. I love Judaism like
0: that. It's like, it's like, you're bad. You're so bad. You're going down. The earth is going to swallow you. But you know what? You got a good side. I really like what you're saying here. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a prophet that is going to be equal to Moses. He's going to come from your line. It's a, the same thing, by the way, with... Um, with Amalek, it's like, Haman, you're the worst. Uh, but yeah, grandchildren of yours will learn Torah in B'nai B'rach. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's, there's something that's there's like, and, and there is, I think it was the, um, I forgot which rabbi was, um, but, but there was a rabbi who said, one of, the, one of the rabbis that you talk about on the show, on your <laughs> show, uh, who, who says that anybody on. who's in the Bible is a tzaddik.
1: He's I get like, it in, yeah. Like mean, if, you
0: made, if your name was mentioned, you were huge.
1: So we're going to come back to that when we get to Billum. Okay, we're going to get... Yeah, we'll, we'll do that later. But, but for now, I, I'm not buying the self-hating. You can call him whatever you want. But All no, right. I, I don't buy that. All right, fair enough. Uh, you know... Rebel in the ranks. He's a rebel in the ranks. Rebel in the ranks. And you're correct that he is driven, certainly in the eyes of our sages, right, by gross self-interest. Right. Now, I, I think it also bears out in the text itself also...
0: And, and we have actually here two rebellious factions. One rebellious faction is really a more religious rebellion fa- rebellious faction. And it basically says we are all, uh, we Levites are also Kohanim. So there's a Levite rebellious faction, which is harsh. And then there's also a rebellious faction. From Reuven. From the, the tribe of Reuven, who are really challenging politically.
1: Russia, Oila right? right. It's, uh, woe to the wicked and woe to his neighbors. Meaning, once that's what the sages say about this because they were, of course, neighbors, the Korach's tribe, or sorry, family unit of the Levim were neighbors with the tribe of Reuven. But it's more than just you know geographic proximity. What happens in these situations, whenever there's a power struggle, even one that begins ideologically, that one could argue there was a truth in what Korach was asserting that needed to be clarified. That's why his great, 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 great great sons stood up as a prophet for Israel because he he may have gone about it in the wrong way. He may have self-interest. He may have had bad timing. But there was a truth to be clarified. But the problem is, once you undermine legitimate authority, the snakes come in. And, 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 and the door is open, so, and so all the neighbors, so to speak, just rush into that vacuum.
0: Right. Uh, Korach doesn't have a chat with Moses. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't air his, his, his contentions. He doesn't come with, to
1: him respectfully. He accuses him of hoarding power. In public. In public. And, and by the way, this is why the sages characterize Korach's argument as the archetype of what we call machloket Shalolashim <laughs> l'shem that it's an argument which doesn't have the interest of God, meaning the interest of truth, wholeness, and the future at, at uh, its heart. It has its own self-interest. He's, he's making it a portion for himself. Look, Moses' face glowed with God's, reverberated with God's light. He was definitely glowing at this point. Uh,
0: you know, Moses split the Red Sea. M- Moses took us out of Egypt. To kind of say, Moses,
1: you're hoarding power, it's also an affront to God. No question. But just, you know, you compare it in your example, your, your your point about his means of confrontation is good. Compare it to the people who came to Moses and said, listen, I know you said that we can't do the Pesach offering because we're impure, but we don't want to be cut off from the nation of Israel. Or the the daughter of Slovchad will come later and say, well, we know you told us how the inheritance works, Moshe, but our father, you know, he died in the desert. And in each of those cases, what comes out is a deeper face of Torah because those were arguments, there were confrontations, saying, hey, Moses, you said X, but what about Y? But it was done in a way which it was an assumed shared goal, which was to right. bring the truth of God into the world. So there's these two factions,
0: and and, and Moses has um, different formulas for these two factions. For the 250 uh, Levites, he says to them, listen, take a, a fire pan, put upon it some, some fire, uh, and put a, sprinkle upon it the incense, bring it before God tomorrow. And for the other faction... He goes to kind of trying to talk to them. Listen to this. This is a very amazing scene. Moses sent forth to summon Dathan and Aviram, the sons of Eliab, but they said, we shall not go up. Is it not enough that you have brought us up from a land flowing with milk and honey to cause us to die in the wilderness now that you, you seek to dominate us, even to dominate further? Moreover, you did not bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey, nor give us a heritage of field and vineyard, even if you would gouge our eyes out of, of those men, we shall not go up. Now, obviously, these people had their eyes gouged out, metaphorically, because they were not seeing things, and they were also blinding others. Basically, if we remember the last week's Torah portion where it's like, okay, the land of Israel is a land of milk and honey, but we're scared to go up, look what happens, there's an erosion of, of when, when cowardliness fills in the scene what follows is an erosion of, of a philosophy. I, what am I talking about here? Uh, I'm actually talking about many examples that I've seen that when the state of Israel doesn't do the right thing, then afterwards a philosophy fills in and explains why we didn't do the right thing and it was exactly the right thing to it's do.
1: A, this is one of the biggest challenges we face as individuals psychologically and, and I think people's culture is when we turn our shortcomings into ideologies. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the most difficult things to just face the truth like, wow, I fail. Not just I failed once, but like I, I fail sometimes. Like I, I fail repeat. You ever notice that like, we tend to fail the same things over and over again? That's okay. We have weaknesses. None of us is perfect. But when we turn our shortcomings into ideologies, what we do is we create a world of evil that masquerades as good. And it's almost impossible to get out of. Because we will defend those ideologies because we're really defending our shortcomings, which means we're defending our unwillingness to either be imperfect or do the work. You know, And that's why this rebellion, you can tell it's like there's been something simmering here. There's a reason that our sages see Datan Vaviram not just as appearing here as the rebels, but, but all the way back several times, even to the point where when Moshe rose up and he saw the Egyptians striking the Jew and he killed him and he hit him in the sand, and the next day he saw two Jews fighting and he intervened, that the sages say that was Datan Vaviram. Meaning what? There's, there's a part of people that doesn't like to be told what to do, even when it's the right thing. And and that they find their sense of freedom in rebellion and not in constructive leadership. And Datan the Aviram had been just waiting. Whether them literally or that aspect in Am Yisrael. And and I think you're entirely correct today. There's a part of our people, of any people, that are just naysayers. They're naysayers. And, 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 And when things get difficult and leadership stumbles... Instead of accepting the difficulty and accepting our failures and working out what's wrong, no, it was never a good idea in the first place. Or you know, or actually, we should do what's wrong because what's wrong is right. You know, they're just unwilling to to accept this the the reality of failure and imperfection and leadership.
0: Yeah, and I think I think we oftentimes make an idolatry out of our own, uh, not even shortcomings, our own desires. Oh, absolutely right? That and comes next. next right. week. Right. <laughs> so so Moses. This is, this is a challenge to God. This is a challenge to the Jewish people, but it's also a challenge to Moses personally. Okay, here's the most humble man in the world being accused of being the haughtiest man. Yes. It's harsh. It's, it's 100% harsh. And uh, Moses here goes uncharacteristically to unpray or pray for the oh. destruction of, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough scene. It's
0: a tough scene where God says, Excuse me. Where Moses says to God, "Do not turn to their gift offering. I have not taken even a single donkey of theirs. No, nor have I wronged even one of them." And
1: uh, he he meaning it's not about me. It was never about me. It was
0: never about me. But there's a you know Moses is. It's a personal challenge here. Oh gosh. And uh, and and in 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 a lot of ways, he's basically saying, like he's saying to them.
1: There's a moment here where Moses has to defend himself. Well, it's not just that. It's up until now, every other disaster with the spies and, and with the, the sin of the egg and say so, Moshe has moved into an interventionist right. His primary concern is, oh gosh, what's God going to do to them? This time when Korach says we're rebelling you know, and Moshe says, okay, you, Aaron, your guys, out front tomorrow in front of the Moed, we'll see We'll see who God wants. That's right. There's, there's, a, there's a. Uh, He's it. He's done. He's done with this. There's like, a showdown. Yes, this is the showdown. Showdown at the, the end uh, of meeting. Okay, tent of yeah, meeting. Yeah, I almost said that, but that's I right. Held back. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: So, so there's two different suggestions. One is this, uh, the fire pan, and the fire pan folks are going to go in front of the tent of meeting. And we really don't know exactly where Korach is, interestingly enough. Yeah, he disappears. Korach Korach disappears. And we're going to see in the punishment why. Oh, because he's actually involved in both of these rebellions. Yeah, He's both involved in the political and the religious rebellion. It's important to know that Korach was very, very wealthy, supposedly tremendously wealthy. He was a very powerful person. The 250 people. Also extremely intelligent. Surely very intelligent. And God says to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from amid the assembly and I shall destroy them in an instant. And here's a very famous phrase. They fell on their faces and said, Oh God, God of spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with the entire assembly? So at this point, God says to Moses, kind of like, okay, um, speak to the assembly saying, get yourselves up from all around the dwelling place of Korach, Datan, and Aviram. And basically, uh, Moses tells the people, Everybody step, they walk over to this, oh, now this place is called the Mishkan. It's an alternative, either religious site or an alternative political site. It's a headquarters of Some kind of, of meeting, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, and this is very important because we're going to meet people like this later on in the Bible. In Tanakh, we're going to meet, for example, Yeravan ben Nevat. And one of the things that he does is he establishes an alternative place in Beitel, and, and in Dan. He's
1: going to make a new religious political center. It's worth really, and if people didn't catch the reference textually, just go look, put my finger on it here, Here's, uh, in the, the 15th, no, 16th chapter, yeah, Ted Uh 16th chapter, um, and, and the 24th line, that it's called Mishkan Korach Datan V'alrean. Right. right? And, and it's important to just note that there is no such thing as a rebellion that really offers, oh, we're going to do it all new. Oh, that thing they're doing that political system, that value system. No, no, we're going to get rid of all those things. Everybody just be free. No, 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 what's being offered has to always be an alternative. And that's the b- definition of idolatry. Is everybody's got to serve somebody. You can either serve God or something else. But there, but there is no, you know, there's no life without service and there is no, you know, political, religious infrastructure without this Mishkan at its heart.
0: So what's going to happen to this Mishkan is it's going to, Moses is going to say, you know, uh, through this you shall know that Hashem sent me to perform all these acts, that it was not from my heart. Again, this kind of proof, I am, I am a servant. If these folks die like the death of all men, and the destiny of all men is visited upon them, then it is not Hashem who has sent me. But if Hashem will create a new phenomenon, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them in all that is theirs, and they will descend alive to the pit, then you shall know that these men have provoked Hashem. And indeed, when he finished speaking, the mouth opened up, the earth opened up and swallowed them down.
1: It's like that scene with the sand pit in Return of the Jedi.
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> that's right. And, and the earth, That's uh, how I always think of it. That's right. The earth uh, swallowed them up. And then, so that's the political uh, fight. The earth swallows them up. The religious fight, a fire comes down and consumes the 250 men who are offering the incense. Notice that one is from the earth and the other one's from the heaven. Uh-huh. It, it, there's a relationship between these two things and, and, and kind of to the way that the rebellion, where the rebellion is, is focused on is the kind of punishment that's meted out to it. One is focused on the earthly, political. political, boom, the earth swallows you. And the other one's heavenly, yeah. you know, the heaven will, will consume you. And that's what happens there. And uh,
1: the Jewish people are, are, are going to be kind of flipping out. Yeah, it's an interesting, their reaction. The reaction is not instant. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the parallel to this is in the story of Elijah, and his struggle with the prophets of, of the 450 prophets of Baal when he rains down fire from heaven, there everyone's response is, God is the Lord, God is the Lord. You know, here the response is, Moshe, you're, you're killing everybody. You,
0: and that's another, that's, that, that shows you that the, the Tanan of Yeram Korah rebellion has, it
1: leaks into the minds. It does have an effect. I would say it's also speaking to a basic emotional need. It's not just that they spread rebellion that wasn't there, they were giving voice to this fear people had of powerful leaders, right? And, and like, oh, you're trying to kill everybody. Oh, it's all about you. Oh, you're not really taking us where we want to go. And the sad thing is, is we know from Moshe testifies again and again, he doesn't want to be a strong leader. He doesn't want to tell them where to go. He wants them to do the right thing. And since he knows they're not ready for it yet, we're going to wander for 40 years, so he'll do what he needs to do. But that they think what he's trying to do is take away their freedom. So then so then the the last complaint, which is you're killing people,
0: actually causes a plague to hit the Jewish people and and Moses prophetically realizes that there's a plague hitting the people he tells Aaron you grab some incense run and stop it wa- walk fast and stop it right Aaron takes that incense and runs and here I think I told you this I tell you this every year if I was a painter if I was a classical painter this is what I would paint this scene of Aaron standing between the death the, angel the dead, of death and the people right and the people and like there's like you know, tens of thousands dead, and then behind them, other crowds, and he's just standing there with, with the, incense. the
1: incense. That is actually an awesome. Shot.
0: Right, it's an awesome picture. And Aaron, Aaron proves who Aaron is. You, you just learned who Aaron is the man of the people, the man who loves the people and puts himself, and we know that if you put yourself in that kind of plague situation,
1: even the righteous can go down. That's right. That's, once the door is open, Right. it's not all about just uh, taking accounts. Right. He, he, he put his life on the line, he ran into the people
0: into death. And 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 and, and uh, did a kapara for the people, the 250 fire pans that were left on the on the ging, ground. Ging, ging, I like to picture those right. just falling to the ground, and some like right. people get vaporized. Right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> they take those 250 fire pans and they make them here. They get, become sanctified. They make them to a covering
1: well, God for the says, tabernacle. Once you've used them for my service, that's it. These don't go back. Which is even, isn't even interesting? In a false service, right? Even even a. Well, oh, but there was a huge sanctification of God's name through this process. I mean, at, w- at what point is anybody going to argue anymore? As it says, and now every time anybody sees that covering on the altar, they're going to say, "Oh, right, that's right." <laughs> so, 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 uh,
0: so the the death part of the Torah portion is kind of done. Oh, what happens to <laughs> what happens to to this Korach? Number one, interestingly enough, the Torah. Does a even more of a punishment for him in that he erases his kind of name. His name is gone. It's like you don't really know what happened. The rabbis say, "Guess what happened? Both things. He gets burnt up, and his body rolls into the and falls into the pit. Like he got because he used the head of both. But and there's really a third punishment, which is it's not even going to tell you your punishment. It's like yeah, it's like it's like fine, you're blotted out. That was too bad to even mention. Yeah, yeah, that's bad stuff. Um, Note to self. Don't, Don't do that. Do that. And this is, now, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the interesting part. Uh, so we have this. Now, I years ago, after college, I was in Amsterdam. I went to Amsterdam. Why do I remember? I know exactly which tour portion I was in Amsterdam. Because in Amsterdam. One You're of probably the, the only
1: person that can say that. That can, can remember <laughs> that, what? At least that I know.
0: No comment. <laughs> what I could say is that I was in Amsterdam, and they have there the, uh, uh, the flower market. Uh huh. Especially tulips. Yes. And and very beautiful. And then you're like, oh, Van Gogh. And he was into this whole thing. And Van Gogh, nuts. you know? That's how they say Van Gogh over oh, yeah? there. Yeah, Van Gogh. And they, the G-H, is the G-H is a kind of sound. Yeah. Guttural. So why do I remember what Parsha was? Because that was exactly this Torah portion. It was the beginning of the summer, just like now. And it was exactly about the flowering
1: of, uh, the, staff of, of
0: the staff of Aaron. And I remember being Shh. like, I remember thinking to myself, this staff of Aaron business, what kind of answer is that? The people are like, who has God chosen? He with the flowers. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you're like what? <laughs> and basically the story is that um, uh, the, 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 the children of Israel uh, are kind of doubtful who the real leadership is. So God says to Moses, speak to the children of Israel and take from them one staff for each of their father's house, from all the leaders according to their father's house, 12 staffs. Each name, each man's name, shall you inscribe on a staff. In the name of Aaron, you shall inscribe on the staff of Levi, Levi. Uh, for there should be one staff at the head of the father's house. Anyway, he puts all the staffs into the um, tent of meeting. And then the morning, everybody comes to collect their staffs. And guess what? Aaron's staff has flowered. It's a blooming staff. It, and what flower by the way? A fairy flower of almond, Israel, the sh- almond sh- flower. Yeah, sh- yeah, And it even uh gives fruit, the almond fruit. Right. Now, here's my thing. Like you're seeing like imagine like a Hollywood movie. You're seeing like fire coming up from the heaven. You're seeing the earth open up Drama. and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then God's like, "Okay, okay, okay." Okay. Flowers. I, I will show you yeah, a little Is this gonna calm you guys down? Are you gonna I'll give you flowers. Oh, here's a flower. Here's a flower. <laughs> and everybody's like takes the staff to like, "Yep." I guess it is uh, Aaron, Aaron. and uh, this right. The whole
1: fire from heaven, open uh, yeah. mouth pit thing. Right, I don't,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't know if <laughs> I, yeah. hear it. It's, but suddenly it's, it's, God's like, but, but you know what? Yeah, I'll talk to you through a nice flower. Can you, can you hear that, Jewish people? And, and there is a kind of begrudging acceptance. They're like, it,
1: all yeah. right, his, his staff did flower. It's definitely not accidental. I think it speaks to, to one of the fundamental reasons that the fire and brimstone don't work. It's certainly not with the Jews. Um, and, and that's because, uvecharta Chaim. Right? The primary momentum of our lives as a people and certainly as servants of God is choose life. And so like, okay, the death thing, it's scary. It might stop the rebellion in its tracks. But it's not going to convince me to be on your side. But, but you show me life. You take a dead thing that was once alive and is inert. And you show me that what God can do is bring life even to that which is no longer living. So that, that's on tap. You know, like that's online. We, we, that speaks to me in a way in which, which the, the fear and death and punishment won't do. And I really think that that's why God chose this as the final sign, because the task of the Kohanim is really to bring life to Amisrael, right? The farmers will grow life from the ground and give a portion of it to the priests in order that the priests can tend the souls. You know, and, and that itself will give the people as a whole the life to continue their hold on the land. It's sadly, by the way, one of the most important elements that's missing from our society today. So we don't have a group of people who really see themselves as a, in a societal sense as dedicated to that same level of cultivation. There are within, I think, within the National Religious Camp, people who understand the importance of the land, of the army, of, of, of you know, secular culture and business, who, who get out there and do try to cultivate the souls of Israel. But but um, I, don't see, I don't see that as a, a, a class of people that have committed themselves like, okay, you work in high tech, you're a farmer, you're into governance, uh, I'm in people. That's what I do. I'm developing Amis Yisrael.
0: Right. So you're using the whole staff thing to say it's the regeneration of life from a, from a lifeless thing. And we, we will learn that kind of thing. We will learn, like, can these bones in, in, yeah. in Ezekiel. The, and
1: it speaks to a deeper place than even the fear. Listen, right. Korach and Datan and Aviram... It's, you can always play politics, religious or secular, by speaking to people's fear and their sense of lack. But, but to speak to their desire for life, that's real power. I want to add one more level and,
0: a, and a, a bit of a more shallow level, but <laughs> all, meaning to say that's a very true level, which is really you're talking about the belief in the redemption, the belief that, that things aren't broken forever. I think there's also another level, which is God says, There is beauty. Mm-hmm. He says, I am beautiful. Life is beautiful. Smell the flowers. Yeah. Smell the flowers. There's that's so true. Th- there's something about, about and, and I'm, uh, I'll be talking about this on, on the Malka part of the show next up. Uh, after we Actually, first I'm going to talk about uh, SemiticTribes.com. It's a, it's a sudra, a Jewish sudra. That's on the next part of the show, and after that with Malka. But one of the things that I said in America uh, to folks, especially when where I spoke at East Meadow Jewish Center, people asked me about the Trump thing, and I said to them, guys, snap out of this uh this like uh reality tv that you're all mixed up in like step back a little bit smell the flowers see the big pictures see that life is good see that life is a gift love the next door person love the other person remember the good things like mm-hmm. like 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 there's something about this whole thing where everybody's dying and people are dying
1: rebellion and moses and and this now we the just desert. had 40 years of you know, wandering decreed on us. These are heavy. These, These are heavy, heavy things.
0: But then there's a the moment like, look, I'm alive. I have children. I'm, I'm, I might not be rich, but I'm doing all right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm alive. I'm eating. And, and just to kind of almost a little bit simplify a tad, here's a flower. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I hear it. Here's a flower. And, and, and this leadership, it's, it's beautiful. It's, I, and trust me, because you could have never invented this flower. Do you know? Mm-hmm. There's something when you look at a flower. I saw a flower in Australia, which was like that. And I just looked at it. I was like... It was weird just so – yeah, and you know yeah. that flower that they have here in, in our beautiful holy land, the flower of the um, passiflora, uh-huh. which is yeah, this most intricate, bizarre, weird and bizarre flower, yeah. and you're just looking at it, you're like, God says, I, I, I make flowers. I also think that God does that with fish. If you ever snorkel or scoop oh, it out, yeah. it's like, God's like, I'm an artist. And, and Gamar says that. God is an artist. There's a beauty to life. And there's a moment where you almost have to kind of be a little bit more Tom a little bit more simple, a little bit more whole, with all of your depth, and
1: just can be like, oh, it, and it smells good, and it looks good, and it's life. And life is good. You know, it just strikes me because you mentioned the fact that the, the particular flower in this case was the almond flower, which is the earliest flowering tree here in the land of Israel. Right. And I think that what you're talking about is the Bechina it's that, eretz It's that aspect of being in the land. I just finished a podcast and I'm in, still in the second Aliyah in the Jewish story. Ben-Gurion writes a letter back to his father, ecstatic, I found the homeland landscape. Meaning what? He finally made it up to Galilee and he was working on a farm and one day he looks up and he goes, oh, this is life. Like you're saying, it's Like all the That's complexities, right. all the ideologies, all the very real difficulties, just fall away with that sense of intoxication with the with the simple beauty. I think it's a very powerful aspect. I you're think what about. you're saying now also is a,
0: is a great. Uh, um, my, my words aren't flowing as well today. Segway? Uh, uh, no, it's a, a, a great uh, uh, fixing bridge. C- no, <laughs> you're making you com- hand gestures. When you compare two things, when you compare two things, uh, parallel, parallel. Uh, okay, just whatever. say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there's a nicer word that I'm looking for. It's a law school, law school. Type okay, word. somebody can write to us. Like, uh, yeah, there's a great comparison, whatever, between that and 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 uh, the Tan and Aviram. That were like, this is not the the the. You've taken us from. Yeah. Uh, a land of milk and honey and this is not a land of milk and honey you're not bringing us to land of milk right. and honey you and get the like, sense that it will
1: never be good enough for them
0: right and, they're, th- and they say you know we rather kind of have our eyes taken out or our eyes would be taken out but it's like your eyes are right. you don't
1: have eyes yeah you will never see beauty you mm-hmm. will never be satisfied
0: exactly alright folks uh, due to me having to run today to an important thing in Chevron, everybody pray that we have success Amazing. we have important folks coming today uh, so I have to end the, the podcast this part of the podcast very a little bit early uh, and too early for me. Would love to spend more time with you, Abba Mike. There's always next week. And a lot of people tell me throughout the world that they'd love to spend some time with you. In fact, uh, next show I'll read a uh, next part of the show I'll read an email from Doug. Uh, we got a chance to spend some time with you. That's right. And folks, uh, the, it's time to come in. It's the fourth pilgrimage holiday. It's the summertime. Uh, fly into Israel. Make that trip. Be part of it. Come see it. Smell the flowers. Walk in the land, get you stuff, get your batteries, uh, a, a, a recharge for the year. If you have to stay outside of the land of Israel, come at least be, you know, take a take a little bit, take a take a rock in your pocket and walk around with it for the rest of the year. Be part of the story. Rabbi Mike Foyer, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to see you. Always a pleasure to get to see you too. All right, folks, more great stuff is on the way. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Here comes a little segment about Semitic tribes, and then after that, the Mark Fleischer. Segment of the show. Stay strong. Stay tuned. Stay connected. Stay part of God's great story. God bless you and All right, folks. I'm here in the Chevron office, the Embassy of Chevron in Brooklyn. Right? It's an amazing thing that I get a chance to do is the, is connect, kind of this. Uh, in one sense, I think maybe the old world of Brooklyn to the new world of Zion, Chevron, uh, and uh, coming here to New York is always a throwback. But one of the people who is here in Brooklyn, but at the same time I think is very forward and very connected to Zion, is my friend Baruch Chertok, who is also the founder of Semitic Tribes, SemiticTribes.com. And at SemiticTribes.com, they make these sudras, which is what I would call uh, a kafia, but he's going to explain to me the difference. And, you know, the Arabs wear that, when, when somebody, like a European, wears this, like, Uh, Arabic um, uh, cloth, you know immediately that he's like a pro-Palestine sympathizer, that kind of thing. But these are blue and white. Not all of them. They're different colors. And they're stars of David patterns. And they are very, very Semitic. Like, you feel like you're a Hebrew... Uh, walking on the land when you're wearing this thing. Now my wife Malka, she she uh, she wears them, and she looks amazing. I love it when she wears them. And myself, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but maybe Baruch is going to help me out. And Baruch, thanks so much for joining me here on the Ishai Fleischer Show.
2: My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Tell me about
0: why you decided as part of. You're you're really a clothing designer. That's yeah. that that's your 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 skill set. And then one of your little like side passions is this uh this Tribes dot com this sudra or or what I would call Kafiyah. first thing, what's the difference between the two
2: sure, so sudra is a a Jewish word for a handkerchief that we we find reference to in 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 the Gemara in in, uh, in a few areas in uh, uh Brachas, in avarzarra and Kedushin i believe and there's references to to this and it's 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 a, it's a jewish garb, that hachamim of that generation wore. And and it's, it's as Jewish as apple pie, to mix metaphors a little bit here.
0: So the sages wore
2: this yes. in the Middle East. Yes, yes. And the difference between a kafi and a sudra, kafi is an Arabic word. Um, and since we are Semitic, you know, uh, as we all know, Abraham was descended, the, the, the two descendants from Abraham, Ishmael and Yitzchak, uh, they come from Abraham, and that's, that brings us to the Semitic part of it. And so, I, so. In my mind, it ties us to the land, it ties us to the culture, it ties us to, you know, religion, obviously, to it's so many things. And it's just, to me, it's just, um, it's a passion. And I and I think going forward, I think it's just something I love to see Jews embracing it and, and just go back to our Semitic roots, really.
0: Looking, yeah, looking Jewish, That's a tricky thing because, because you know, we're here in Brooklyn and uh, Jews look like many different things here. Uh, but they certainly look like, uh, in some modes, like black hats, and, you know, kind of more Polish, shtetl, Ukrainian type thing going forward, um, going backwards. And, and that's that's kind of what you, what when you identify a Jew and walking around with this in the street is not so simple, right? It's not so simple. Now, my friends like Ari and Jeremy, Ari Abramowitz, he's always wearing uh, what, you, what you call now a sudra uh, around his head. Um, uh, and he also has, and also my friend Yehuda Cohen for many years wore these star of David kafiyas, right? But there's something about it also, which is there's an element, a little bit of sweetness of a little bit of humor and a little bit of contra to what the kind of Arabs wear. It's kind of saying like, I'm also from this area and I got my colors. There's even, I forgot the name, maybe my friends, my friends that listen to the show, definitely my friend Eric can help us remember the right word, what the, um, uh, what the Scots wear—they have like certain colors. Every family a, t- a tantra, Kilts. A, yeah, killed. But they have no, they have, they have. The, their, their certain patterns and all that kind of stuff. This is the, this is our, this is our pattern
2: here, right? This is our pattern, and I, I, I get this all the time. And, and my, my the only thing they, every time I say to people when they, they they approach me with this is that when the world look at a Jew, somehow there's a picture of a person wearing either a black hat Uh, a black felt hat uh, or a uh, a fur hat. You know, a Barcelino, which is an Italian company, by the way, and uh, a a Strimal, which is a fur hat. And, um, you know, I always say to people that Moshe Rabbeinu, Abraham Avinu, were were not walking around by Midbar in a Strimal. They were not working Barcelinos. They were shepherds. They uh, shepherded. And what if shepherds were? They were uh, something to protect them from the storm. A a sudra. And so... It's it's as it's it's as Jewish as anything else, and, and one of the things that I want I want to re- redefine what looking Jewish is like as a designer because aesthetics are obviously important. We all want to look good, want to are presentable, we want to feel good about ourselves. So I want to give an opportunity to, to us, for us, for the Jews, to embrace our roots. Um, and embracing our roots, it, it really, really brings us to the future, and uh, you know, if, if you know Mashiach and things of the side of the side, but just being able to kind of Claim our own look and 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 as you were saying like establish our own identity through our uh, to a it from our from our uh clothing i think it's a tremendous thing and uh and i'm I'm hoping that uh um, you know it will really you know catch on and and uh and uh be accepted.
0: Yeah, but how do we? How, what's the proper way to tie it? You know, it's it's really a handkerchief. It's a it's a it's a it's a piece of cloth. Right. Like, what's the right way to do it so that it looks right and not just like a schmata in the head? Like, how do you how do you tie it right? Does your website teach you, or what do you recommend?
2: Um, I, I, if you go to the site, you'll see me wearing it. Uh, um, I, I, I will put out a, a more. Um, how to, tutorial how to do it. But essentially, oh, oh, one can we wear around their neck is to more, you know, it, it has a utilitarian function as well. If somebody's cold or something, you know, so it has the utilitarian you can wear on your neck. Um, and essentially it's, it's a four-cornered garment, but, it, 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 by the way, if, if somebody has a question about whether it needs titsis, it does not. I checked. It doesn't fit the measurements. And not only that, you wear it around your neck. So you're know putting it on. You know? So, uh, for example, like for a talus, you're not you see putting a talus unless you put it on yourself you wrap it around so that's what we do so therefore there's no point of that there's no uh, contradictions there so and in terms of putting it in your head the way i do it is i i take a four corner make it into a triangle and then i i kind of bunch it up a little bit and then i, I wrap it around and with uh, and um and on every every for the last five seven years i've been wearing it and honestly if if, if if i would love to wear it every single day if it was porum we put them every day, but it's just I haven't got around to wearing it in Brooklyn, and uh, my, um, my, my 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 kids' school probably you know uh, will throw me the kid out. I don't know. I don't know what kind of consequences it will be, but essentially I I, I just I. I think it's just an uh, amazing thing. And if Somebody's not brave enough to wear it on their head, which I understand. Uh, you can put it on your head. Um, you, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You can put it on your 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 neck. Um, you you, you can even be a sarong of some sort. You know, under weather. So um, th- that's one of the few ways you can you can wear it.
0: You could also just uh, you could also put it on your wall. You could you could also kind of use it as a decoration or or as like something tied to your backpack. It's like a it's like a it's like a chai. It's like a, a type of like. Uh, very, very blue and white uh, thing, and I and I wanted to bring it this year to the Israel Day Parade. I think I have an idea for you. I think you should march with it at the Israel Day Parade. Not just you. Get a whole bunch of Semitic tribes marchers with shofarot. Yeah. And cool. this, you know, who would love this now that it's now that I'm thinking about it in Israel, we have this phenomena of these young men who wear all white and have these shofarot, and they work. At the Kotel at the Western Wall, four bar mitzvahs. Okay? And they like they, every Monday and Thursday they're all dressed up as drummers and as shofar players. And they're all and they're all wearing these sudras. Uh, but the sudras are usually all white. I think this would rock them. They would love this. And it's a whole movement out there. It's really fun. It's really neat. Anyway, folks, check out uh, SemiticTribes.com. It's a great website and a great product. And it goes well with our Tchelet interest here on this show. Really kind of Finding ways to look Jewish, to feel more Jewish, to have a more kind of outward sign of Jewish, Judaism, uh, and and there's something about it which is strength filling, and also this is great for our Gentile friends as well. Friends of Israel would love it as well, uh, and soon uh, Semitic Tribes will make SemiticTribes.com forward slash Yishai. We'll get 10 percent off there. It's not it's not there yet. We're working on that, but I've got a few. Um, Great uh, sudras here, and we'll be giving it out as well. God bless you, folks. Baruch, thanks so much for being with me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work at SemiticTribes.com.
2: Thank you. You as well.
0: God bless you, folks. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Josh Haston here, host of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Radio Network at thelandofisrael.com. Make sure you check out my show every Monday, bringing you the news unfiltered and uncensored, information that you are not getting anywhere else, especially not in the mainstream media.
2: Israel Uncensored with Josh Haston on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.
0: Shalom everybody and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show Broadcasting live from Judea to the world You're a part of it wherever you are Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer How are you darling?
3: Hi Ishai, welcome back from your trip
0: It's great to have you with us Malka And we are recording on a new recorder So I hope it's coming out good And I want to thank all of those folks that sponsor the Ishai Fleischer Show Because I, I did go into BNH Which is the uh, famous kind of uh, electronic store in New York Very Jewish store uh, it's run by like Hasidic Jews and, But there's one Gentile there His name is Bill There's many Gentiles But there's one named Bill And he's at the Pro Audio section And together we picked out um, a new recorder I hope it's working good My last recorder lasted for many years This one, um, may we bless it To do a lot of great uh, Torah and radio And knowledge from Israel And broadcast it to the world Amen. So thank welcome you very much Welcome to Israel, little machine Yes, welcome to Israel, little Roland, R-E-R- Roland. R e r R that uh, Sounds yeah. like
3: a faithful friend.
0: Yeah, Roland. Yeah. Uh, it's a good friend. Uh, the R dash O seven. R for um Really awesome. Really awesome. And O seven for it's like double O seven and also <laughs> seven days of creation.
3: There you go. Wow, what a holy machine. It's Best. a holy
0: machine. Thank you very much. Thank you, God for Thank you, for donors. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Rabbi Nachman says before you ever before you walk into any store to buy anything, just say, God, can you buy this for me? <laughs>
3: nice. You know,
0: so you're supposed to really Feel like God is buying you something.
3: That's that's good. You know, I do that, but I do that a little backwards. A lot of times when I go to the grocery store after I'm done putting all the stuff in the cart and I'm on my way to the car, I'm like, wow, Hashem, look at that. You're feeding us again. Thank you. Thank you for all this great stuff and that you gave us the money for all this awesome yes, stuff.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Uh there's a lot of Shefa. There's a lot of blessings in this world. Malka and I just came yes, back from... Yes, all of you
3: should have it, dear Amen. listeners. You should I, all have a lot of blessings. Uh,
0: I just came back from America. That's also a land of real plenty. Sure is. Uh, I was, I was uh, amazed at really like some of the, you know, some of the plenitude as, as usual. I was in Costco. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also, at, at, you know, in Brooklyn at Avenue M. Uh, and really, like, it's like stepping back in time over there. It's like you, you feel like you're like in some kind of Jewish past. I'm not exactly sure when it's located, but it's like there's, you know, New York delis and and a guy, a, a Russian guy cut my hair and he's like been cutting hair for like fifty five years. And he says to me, Did I speak you to him find a Russian. bunch
3: of kids wearing suspenders, playing tiddlywinks on the sidewalk.
0: No, but I, but it, but it, there was a bunch of like kids, you know, wearing velvet bl- black keepas playing in the square in front of the synagogue. Oh, nice. And I, yeah. And and, um, you know, on the one hand, I have really learned to bless those places. And to really you know wish them the, the greatest thing, and then when I come home to Erzi Israel, I just uh, there 's a certain kind of like there's there 's a prayer that we have which is in gather the exiles God in gather the exiles uh, and, and bring us together and i guess I guess the only thing i've 've come to the conclusion which is like my job is to hold help us hold hands together across that that great divide, uh, and at the same time really. I also remember many years of activism of just saying to people, hey, when are you coming to Eretz Yisrael? Right. And I try to say that. Do you still do that? Yeah, I do on on one level or another. Because when
3: you pray for the return of the exiles, as much as everything is God's responsibility and God's credit and God's fault, we all have the ability today, just like I'm filling up my my grocery cart, uh, we all have the ability to make a little phone call to nefesh benefesh, get our free ticket to the land of Israel
0: yes absolutely uh, and and you know we, we just we pray for that for that consciousness for that realization and there's all kinds of things that want to stop us all kinds of fears about making a living for example or leaving family and all kinds of, sometimes are even real true fears uh, and our enemies are also in the fear business that's what I've come to really believe I've come to believe that our enemies are masters of spreading fear and th- that fear can be various kinds, right? And it actually plays. I think I came up with once with the term with a, the Jewish playbook of fears, where they try to play on every one of our fears. Uh, one of them is at the United Nations that they're always trying to make us feel like as though we're like isolated, as though the world hates us. And yet again, uh, an awesome. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, like when when different different parties are working together in concert i guess in concert is what i'm what i trying to say cooperation that, cooperation that you have you have basically the 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 gazan mm-hmm. Hamasnikim, uh, the hamasters yeah. um, <laughs> uh, the hamasters you know the, the hamasters they they're out there hamasters maybe i don't know they're out there um, you know doing their spiel and purposefully starting up with us, purposefully making war with us. That war is sometimes a physical war of rockets and tunnels, and other times it's like a media war with this whole fence thing. And then you have their their willing uh, fellow travelers, uh, and that is the UN that like works the in diplomatic, concert.
3: The diplomatic front.
0: Right, but they're working totally together. It's like, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to let Israel kill a few of our... Of our uh, uh, of our soldiers. Of Not our
3: let. We're going to make it so that Israel kills a few people. Right.
0: And then we're going to go to you. I'm going to hand off the ball to the UN. You're going to slam dunk it and you, you'll get the point by making Israel look bad by blackening its name on the international community.
3: So there was like a big dramatic um, vote in the United Nations to condemn Israel for excessive, um, excessive force, basically, on the Gaza border. Um, As many of you know, since March, there's been this Hamas initiated um, weekly event called the March of Return, which basically um, means that Hamas orders businesses to shut down schools to shut down and provides free transportation to participants to come to the border with Israel, which is a known area, meaning to say it's not like you're walking by petting kittens and chasing Uh, rainbows and then suddenly you're like hit with something from the Israeli side meaning to say you're going up to a border fence tens of thousands of people have participated in this and there's been all kinds of like tire burning Molotov cocktail throwing and this crazy new in my opinion kind of funny kind of really cynical um, but definitely very dangerous um terror kites where they make kites like the kind that you like to fly outside in a breezy day. Let's go. Yeah. What's nicer kite. and cuter and more innocent Born than a kite? A but Hamas knows how to make innocent things non innocent. And so they attach like flammables to these kites. And they've been burning down um tons and tons of of Israeli land, Ishai uh the gar- the far- government farmland. Far- farmland and nature reserves the Karmia uh nature reserve along the Gaza border like a third of it has been destroyed um and a severe damage obviously to wildlife and all kinds of things in the area and it's very bad basically you you know you think to yourself like wow these poor farmers that's our food that just got burned down right Meaning to say, like, it's very bad for the farmers and those those individuals, it's catastrophic for them. But that's my tomato that I was going to eat that I don't have anymore. Right. Right. And that means we're going to have to bring it in from outside and all kinds of stuff and all kinds of business deals go bad. And we have to make all kinds of new arrangements. Not to mention that there for those of us who are more spiritually inclined, there's like a value to eating foods um, that are grown in the land of Israel. And now we're going to have to eat foods that are not grown in the land of Israel. And it's, it's less good. Anyway, so there's been a lot of violence on the Gaza border and including even live fire and people trying to cut through the security fence. There have been instances in which um, Hamas terrorists and their supporters have actually made it through the security fence, meaning to say they succeeded in infiltrating Israel, not to mention a huge um, upswing in rocket fire against Israeli civilian communities um with people running for shelter at all times of the day and night in places like Sterot and the Sharonegev Regional Council and all kinds of places. So Israel, of course, not having a death wish, has been responding to all of this because we don't want to die and we don't want anyone to we don't want good people to be hurt. That's what a country is for in the first place. That's like right. on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where cotton candy is the tip the little tip of the point at the top. Not getting shot at, to death is at the bottom. That's like one of the most fundamental things that you need in order to be a happy human. So Israel has been defending its citizens as it's supposed to do. But of course, Hamas probably thinking of this ahead, right? Meaning to say creating a violent demonstration, riot situation on the border so that Israel would respond. So that that they could condemn Israel has done that. And they went to the United Nations um, and they got nations to support a resolution condemning Israel for excessive violence. Now, this resolution is all about what's going on with the march of the return on the border. Right. So you would think that it also includes something to do with and Hamas should really not try to make it through this country's border because we all know that making it through a border makes you get shot. That's like a thing. So, But instead, there's no mention of Hamas at all in the resolution. So Nikki Haley, who's the coolest uh, US ambassador to the United Nations in the history of the earth, told the United Nations, you know, this really isn't fair. And we should amend this resolution to at least include a condemnation of the Hamas terror organization for firing rockets, promoting violence, and oh, don't forget that little thing about digging tunnels that infiltrate into Israel where terrorists pop their little heads out of the ground like moles and come and attack people and kill them. But that didn't seem to work out. Basically, first, Algeria called for a no action motion where they were like, no, let's just not do the amendment. But then what was interesting is that 62 nations, which is a majority, not an overwhelming majority, but a majority of the nations voting, they voted to, yes, amend. Let's amend. Let's put Hamas into this resolution, meaning to say we can condemn Israel, but we can also condemn Hamas. But then... The General Assembly President, Miroslav, I can't say his name, I'm going to do a bad, name with his, bad job with his last name, Lajsak of Slovakia, he said, sorry, uh, a slim majority is not good enough. We need a two-thirds majority in order to amend this draft resolution. So then Nikki Haley appeals. She's like, what is that? And then they're like, OK, well, we got to take a break and figure out what this is. So then they put the appeal to a vote. And they lost the appeal on whether they need a a two-thirds majority, and so they weren't able to amend the the document. Obviously, um, uh, the United States and Israel were very unhappy with this, um, and the resolution against Israel did pass without any kind of amendment uh, regarding Hamas. Um, one way that Haley and the US, uh, and the Israeli ambassador to the United States, uh, to the United Nations, the Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danone, um, tried to spin this positively was they were like, look, we definitely lost this resolution. But 62 nations, which is, was the majority of the voters at the time, they did want to condemn Hamas. And that is kind of a positive development. Um, and so that's like the note that they're trying to leave it on. But basically... Um, Israel and, and the United States are, are pretty angry about this um, about this resolution which they say was very morally bankrupt and, and was uh, clearly trying to avoid the real deep under, under the basis of the whole of this whole fight on the Gaza border here's a, two things I want to say Isha, though about this I want to shout out now to a few good countries who don't get a lot of n- recognition and some people don't even know they exist at all because there are tiny, tiny little friends around the world and they're so sweet and good. Their names are Micronesia. We love you, I Micronesia. I mean, even their name
0: it has the word micro in it.
3: Nauru. Nauru. Togo. <laughs> I want to go to Togo. Togo. <laughs> The Solomon Islands. Yes. The Marshall Islands. Nice. These all voted against the resolution. I thought the with Marshall
0: Islands and the Solomon Islands are part of Micronesia. I thought so.
3: I don't know. That's not what it says here. Okay. The United States. Thank you, United States. Oh, by the is way, finally the continent awesome. of Oceania. Yeah. Israel. And I just want to say, Ishai, one other country that voted that was very, very against the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel actually voted against this resolution. So they joined the side of light and good. Australia, the land down under where you just came from. So I want to tell you, I don't know what you did down there. You must have thrown chocolates and Hebron pins at the right people because it seems like Australia has like, you know, gone with a little bit of a pro-Israel moment there.
0: I think that uh, I could take a little bit of credit <laughs> and a little bit being yeah, down why there, is that? because it all adds up. And so I was there. Gil was there. There's the AJA, my friend David Adler, running the Australian Jewish Association, which is a conservative uh, Torah Torah values network of uh, uh, of consciousness in in Australia. And they're working hard. They brought me down there. And when I was there, I met with three senators, and I also met with uh, the media, and I appeared on the media. And you know what? It all adds up. It all adds up. You never know.
3: You never know if, if you, like, you patted on the head some child at some school who's best friends with the child of the diplomat who said to them, Oh, Israel's so nice. I just saw this nice guy. And then they're like, You know, I do feel good feelings about Israel. Maybe I won't vote against them in the next UN
0: vote. I mean, Malk, that's, that's you're right about the patting of the heads, that it all works, but it wasn't just patting of the heads. It was meeting with top-level people and, and influencing, po- talking policy, talking real policy, not just being nice and handing out candies and saying Israel's great, but also really talking serious policy with serious people, appearing on, on, uh, on Sky News, on the Outsiders program, and really getting these issues out there, and uh, 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 Australia has a Conservative government—they're called the liberal government, but they are—that's that's conservative in Australian because everything is upside down there. <laughs> so, so you know, it is it is getting out there, and all together, that's that's what politics is. Politics is pressure. Uh, politics is 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 putting putting out an idea, policy idea, leaning on people, and saying this is the way it should be. Don't go the other way, and it all adds up. It all adds up, and I, and I'm and I'm proud of having any role really, and that's that's by the way again. I think I talked about this week or two ago on the show, which is, Ten give us just a part, a role to play. And that's something that any person who's interested in politics and in effectuating policy and political change, like, you have to know, you're not going to be necessarily the prime minister. You're not going to be able to, to uh, on your, you know, your turning of the wheel isn't going to do everything. But if you do do, and you drip, you drip and drop, and you affect people, it affects the bigger picture, and you can shift policy. You just got to be willing to understand. You, you know that that you're going to play that role of 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 um, of helping, of helping uh, push push a change. And maybe in Australia there was a, there was a consciousness altogether a shift. And and maybe it, maybe after a while it makes sense to people, and they feel the personal pressure of not wanting to side with the uh, with the haters of Israel. And they feel a consciousness. And if you're quiet, then they don't feel that pressure. Politicians need pressure, and this of course was taught by by. Uh, vladimir zev and i read it i never forgot it he's like it's all about pressure it's all about putting pressure on governments and then they start to shift uh their their behaviors that was a lot of fun you know maka well it hasn't you,
3: shifted i mean i'm happy about australia and yeah let's not but let's it's not, not like it's not like everything has shifted so drastically Right, but, but the nikki
0: haley's of this world could yeah. easily just give up and just be like you know this organization Sometimes i think
3: we should give up sometimes sometimes i think that israel should give up and that we should just go you know we don't need this
0: well if america would give up on the un you know and and, and, and start it. doing def- and start defunding it because i think i think to, i think about america that while while i'm very appreciative very very appreciative of the efforts of nikki haley and i think it's great that on the world stage she's putting up that fight
3: nikki haley please come visit us
0: yeah god bless you but i want to say also at the same time that sometimes i think to myself you know mm-hmm. america you could take another step which is you're, you're the main funder of this thing, and it sits in your continent, start, start undermining it. Let's, let's, let's start undermining it. This is an anti-Semitic organization, and I don't think anti-Semitic organizations are ever good for the world, and I don't think they do a lot of good in general. So I think to myself, let's start to see this thing, let's, let's put another attack on it, the attack of like the, the whole infrastructure of the UN. It, this, this is an a, a, a organization that has a problem. The League of Nations Dissolved, and later the United Nations was created, this should be dissolved. And the next United Nations should be headquartered in Jerusalem, city of justice. Okay? We will, we will restart uh, an international global organization here. And you'll have to be actually a decent nation, r- run by decent governments, in order to join us, because you won't be able to be just another uh, uh, regime of, uh, what's it called, T- tyrannical... Uh, you know, anti-human rights regime to, to be and just have a voice. You're, you're gonna, we're going to have to give mm-hmm. you minimal criterions, but justice is going to start coming out of Jerusalem, and a global message is going to come come out of Jerusalem. Speaking of that, Maka, I want to tell you that I had a great uh, time at East Meadow Jewish Center. Okay? It sounds so pleasant. It was awesome. You know, it was awesome. It was a, a conservative synagogue uh, that is really a traditional conservative synagogue, uh, one of the last in Long Island that is um, that is like not gone egalitarian. Uh, and it was it was really fun. Certainly there were people on the liberal spectrum there, but we had many, many conversations. And I wanna really thank Todd Nauer and his wife Elise, who did a great job at bringing me out there. And it was just a pleasure. It was just such a pleasure to be with that community. I learned a lot about what's going on in, inside their heads. And and how they're thinking and seeing things, and we just got a lot closer. That's, That's basically nice. we just got a lot closer. And the rabbi, after I showed the video of Chevron, the rabbi's like, next time we're going to Chevron. Ooh! And, and they got excited, and uh, the mamas and the papas are, are expecting East Meadow Jewish Center. I hope Center. they're making cookies. Yeah, they're, they're expecting them to come in, and it was just Malka. I I love to be in a place for a weekend. Not just for a, sh- a talk, sure, but like yeah, you're five Yeah, you really talks. like
3: entrenched for a little bit,
0: right? And like people really get to understand your Torah, the way you, the way you see the world, and you get to understand them as well. Sure, and you get to kind of form. Yeah, you re- bond a little. You bond, and 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 you understand, and you see how they do different things, and and I learned a lot, and I really appreciated a lot, um, and uh, the Jewish people are an amazing people, and. And we are we are the forever people, um, um, and you know Jewish people are going. We're going through transitions. We're going through the problems of assimilation. We're going through the problems. Th- there was just a. Um, I, I just saw, I don't know how true this is, but I just saw an article posted about the statistics that say that the Orthodox are going to actually outnumber Reform and Conservative in America by twenty fifty eight or something wow. like that. Um and there are changes that you can definitely see with with a naked eye. And then but, but past all of that, you just see that the Jews just want to connect, want to know the story. There is one thing that I do want to say about American Jews. I was asked twice about the Trump administration, how I feel about it. And I said to them, Look, I'm I'm looking past the issues of personality and really looking towards the issues of policy. And in terms of policy, I think that so far the Trump administration has done great things, although I am very nervous about you know a a peace proposal that might come up soon. Right. But then what I said to them was, "Folks, I think you're a little bit too within the story of you either love or hate the Trump administration. It's a little too you're you've been sucked into a reality TV show that the media wants you to be into, and the temperature is running too hot. One way or another." We Jews certainly have a bigger fish to fry than to either like or dislike the Trump administration. We're building a Jewish state. And for just Americans, American Jews and just American Gentiles, this thing is too, the temperature is too hot. you got to bring down the temperature. A, I told them, you got to care a little less. Just a tad less. Like, turn off the TV for a week, don't read the media. You'll see, you're living in a good country. There's good people. Love your neighbor. and, And just kind of like lower the heat on this thing because somebody's making a buck off your heat.
3: Many, 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 not one person, many, many people. It's a whole industry. Right, and I'm just like, you guys
0: don't be so um, taken in by this whole tale. Okay, you like the administration, don't like it. It's here for four years, maybe eight years. But I think
3: it's not just about Trump, Isha. I think that Americans have really kind of enjoyed the... um, like fight with each other like the the hyper pol- politicization of everything it's become Amer- i feel that america's become like a, a country where you have to take like a politically extreme side one way or the other way right, right. and then you like get into your camp you're in the liberal <laughs> camp the conservative right camp. that's
0: exactly the atmosphere that's out there and i'm saying don't succumb to that like just chill out a little bit. Just lower the temperature. See the big picture. First thing, see that we have a you have a great country. Be thankful for it. Be you happy know, with you your know, neighbor. You know, we have a prime
3: minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is not beloved by all. Right. I happen to like Bibi Netanyahu on the day to day, and I think he's a good prime minister. And we deal with some really serious life and death questions, uh, not un-often here in Israel, and major security issues and fundamental questions about the future of Israel and where we're headed. And, and Benjamin Netanyahu is in charge of that right now, right? right. But you don't hear on the left, like, oh, no, Bibi's in power still. You know what I mean? It's like, I have to give, I'm, I'm now trying well to left. give credit to Israel's left and say that by and large, Isha, you don't hear, meaning to say you don't hear them go nuts after Bibi all the time. Um, I feel that the Israeli left there's some extreme left who are really into more like the destruction of Israel than they are into liberal policies for Israel but uh, I think that the people who want liberal policies for Israel they're, they want to push this country forward
0: maybe you're right, uh, maybe there are elements like that but I think, I think what you're really uh, kind of hinting at and I think it's a very fair hint which is Israel has got as I was saying, bigger fish to fry. It has those existential dangers. It has. It's still growing. It's changing all the time, and and it's just like the politics of it all. Like we don't get at. I don't. I feel like you're right that that there's not that there's there's kind of other things in our heads.
3: You know, and they, they like had some awards ceremony in America. The truth is, I don't remember. Was it the Tony Awards? I don't know. I know that they had an awards ceremony, one of their many, many, many awards ceremonies that they have in America. Yeah. And. One big celebrity, Robert De Niro, who incidentally is opening a hotel in Tel Aviv, just as a s as an aside. That's right. I didn't know about that. Yes. Well, I write news now for JNS, so I know all JNS. of JNS.org, JNS. one of our sponsors. Right. So um By the way, we have he, we have two media sponsors. J- J-
0: JNS.org and also JewishPress.com, dot com, where the Yeshai Fleischer show appears every day. They they, they post it. And so we want to thank our, our friends at uh, Jewishpress.com. Yes, uh, excellent. And also check excellent out. Excellent website. Yeah. And check out JNS.org, a really up and coming. Right. Uh, News syndicate. New syndicate. Go ahead.
3: Anyway, so De Niro gets up on stage. Now, Trump has been president now for a really long time, going on two years, right? And it's like he gets up on the straight the, and he uses the F word and he's like, F Trump, right? And you're just like, really? Like, this is an award ceremony for plays and stuff. And this is the you're totally basically hijacking this platform to be so not even to make any kind of a real commentary just to be like hateful and bullyish and to like get popularity through your just super unhappiness and your and your just unwillingness to accept your situation which is that this person is the leader of your country. I don't know. It just seems very um, counterproductive to me.
0: I I think that America is a little bit... It needs to kind of... And this is
3: regardless of one's feelings, meaning to say I'm not suggesting, even though there was a new poll um, in Israel and America talking about the difference between political opinions of American Jews and Israeli Jews, and basically Israeli Jews are overwhelmingly happy with Donald Trump... And American Jews are pretty much not happy with Donald Trump. So I'm not saying that everyone has to be very happy with the leader of their country. And, and you and I, Isha, have been citizens of Israel for years where we weren't so very happy with leaders of our country either. But you kind of slog through, you know what I mean? You slog through, you get your personal progress done, you do your political activism, and you and you work hard for the day where you have the chance to stick your guy up there. And then you hopefully you get your guy up there. But it's like you spend so much energy just um chipping away at the positive atmosphere in your country that it just it seems like they spend a lot of their energy that way. That's all.
0: I think what you're talking about is perspective. Get get a little bit of perspective. Keep keep it in perspective and, and keep the temperature that you know, if you if you have the, 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 the oven at too high of a temperature, things are gonna get burnt. You want things to cook, move along, keep it kind of in good shape. And and also for Amistral out there in the diaspora, like keep it in perspective. We have bigger we have a bigger mission. That mission is to build the Jewish state. And, you know,
3: but Yesha, in a sense, I, I'm I'm going I'm going out on a limb here, okay? And I know that it is not a like a one for one math problem, and I'm not suggesting, like, that this is a real one for one metaphor. But it's sort of like the difference between Israel and the Palestinians. It's like Israel is like, well, things are mostly good today, so great, and let's go create a startup and let's, uh, like uh, you know, power wash the hotel and let's like you know get stuff done today. But the Palestinians and, and Hamas in particular are like, no, we're really we're having another day of rage, another day of rage, and another day of rage and another day of rage. <laughs> and we're really, really mad. And today, yep, still mad. And it's we're really, really mad. And in a sense, it's so like loathsome and disgusting this this way of dealing with life and this this way of of being so weirdly entitled that you actually destroy yourself through not working and not trying to achieve your own upward mobility. Um, but at the same time, this is a tactic which works. It's a tactic which works on a lot of nations. And the more that they that Hamas and the Palestinian Authority don't work for their own progress, the more that everyone says, well, if they're not progressing, why is that? Oh, it's Israel. So similarly, I guess, in, in America, the more that they express their rage over Trump, rage over Trump, rage over Trump, maybe they'll manage to convince people that there, anything that goes wrong is actually because of him.
0: Hmm. But maybe not, and um, I, I don't know. I, I just I saw that when I said that to people at uh, East Meadow Jewish Center, I saw that oh, they to were like
3: chill out, chillax? Yeah, I was just like, guys, snap you gotta out of find it. Find something else to do. No, snap out of it a little bit. Like you're you're in
0: somebody else's uh, uh, reality TV. Like you're getting all it's like a, it's up. like a sport, right? You're like I'm just like simmer down, simmer down. Here's the here's the policy. Uh, uh, um, this is our needs. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And kind of like, you know, like 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 get out of this very cult of personality one way or the other. Just just simmer down a little bit. See the big picture. And I could see that people were like, yeah. You know, it's
3: was just like. Right. They realize that they're being played they, a little bit. Right.
0: Nobody says that to them. Nobody says, right, you're being played. And just calm down. Step off this thing. It's see, like, I
3: wish the nations of the world w- would realize that they're being played on Israel.
0: Right. Right. Remember, did you hear about that story uh, like two weeks ago when the Ayatollah Khomeini, Khomeini, <coughs> <coughs> he, he, he like said something like, we're going to kill Israel, they're a cancer, we got to get rid of them. And the Israeli foreign ministry, uh, on Twitter, and the Israeli <laughs> foreign ministry responded with like a picture of, of A some meme
3: from this movie called Mean Girls. Right. And she's, like, she's and like, why are you so obsessed with me? Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> that was great. I wish that the that the Israeli embassy would only reply to stuff like that in memes. That's the what best. they did. No, what I'm saying the, that's the, brilliant. It, it, I was very the happy. Foreign ministry, the foreign ministry, right? The foreign ministry. It was
0: hilarious. Why are you so obsessed with me? And um, yeah, and there's a good, there's a goodness in this world, ladies and gentlemen. There's a, there's a there's a great goodness in this world right now. It Wants to come down. We gotta crush those bad guys, those Hamas types, and we've got to let the good energy flow. There's like a, there's like a there's like a big flow right now of good energy. It's like a big flow, but, but it's but it's uh mixed in with some you know, and when you have beautiful, very fresh water flowing, uh, but at the same time it's got a little bit of sewage in it, Ew. it. It 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 makes the whole water You can't drink that. Right? You know, you can't drink it. And and I feel like I feel like there's like ninety five percent beautiful flow, but there's five percent of awful poisonous sludge and it's That's and the it's,
3: way we rock it here in Israel, Isha. Yeah.
0: It's we a don't do one
3: hundred percent no sewage water.
0: That's right. That's I guess.
3: We got to deal with our things. That's what that's what Israel, uh, that's part of Israel's job in the world really is, you know, is you the know fight against is? darkness. You take
0: the good, you take the bad, you take them both and there you have the facts of life. That's the way it is, okay? That's all I'm trying to say. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Malka Fleischer, I want to wish you a Good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. It was also. And welcome my, back my, to, that's right. It was my 42nd Ooh, birthday. Oh,
3: we didn't even
0: talk about it. It was my 42nd. Th- Happy
3: birthday. Toda. We're having Shibakos.
0: It's Shabakos.
3: For Shabbat for your birthday. What Shabbat are tacos. Shabbat tacos
0: coming down. <laughs> Woo! And we had I had some Yiddish nachos in, you know, DC. in DC. Nobody knows what that means. It means it's like nachos, but like not just regular nachos. It's like yiddish nachos, like yiddish nachas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so like, like uh, Jewish comfort. Okay, yeah. so I had some Midas nachos with my good friends Andy and Jake. Uh, we, we ate at, of course, the only kosher restaurant uh, in DC, the Char Bar. And what's so great about having one kosher meat restaurant in DC? I think there's a vegetarian place also, but like the one meat place is that like everybody is there. Yeah, you're right? like, hey, every hey, single hey, person. hey, 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 what's going on? What's going on? It's me. Woo! It's you. You're back on? again
3: tonight. Me too.
0: Woo! I also had I also had drinks at I had some uh what's it called Sour Monkey? What? S- sour Monkey? It's what's a, that? it's a beer. It's a beer. That's a beer. Or maybe it it's sounds called like a Or maybe it's called Monkey Shoulder. I'm confused monkey a little bit. Monkey Shoulder. Sour Monkey Shoulder beer. <laughs> Whatever I had some. Have you ex- totally?
3: I have a feeling there's no such thing as any of the things you just said. Oh
0: yeah, no, no, there is. And and, and <laughs> at this, I went to the Trump International Hotel, and that's where all like conservative-leaning hang out in D.C. Also, it's I was like, I was, where
3: it's kosher for conservatives.
0: Kind of, yeah, yeah. Not kosher, but like kosher. Not kosher
3: food. I'm saying like you went to the kosher restaurant, which is where all the people who want kosher food yeah. go, and then you went to the hotel where everybody who wants. It's like the flavors. Certain yeah, flavors you got flavors, kosher flavor, it. and you got conservative flavor. It was you got monkey flavor.
0: It was great to be in DC and lobbying for Israel, for Hebron, for the rights of Jews in Judean Samaria. That's a lot of fun. I want to also shout out to my friend Gidon, who helped organize all the. Uh, uh, the uh, meetings on Capitol Hill, and I went actual lobbying. It was great lobbying, so cool. and I couldn't have done it without uh, Jake and Andy, who uh, totally made lobbying happen.
3: It was nice that you sent me pictures from the the representative from Alaska.
0: Yeah, with a big bear his hanging up with
3: a giant bear, and yeah. the representative from Texas with a. With the Dr. Pepper dispenser. That's right. Those were really in fun In his office. I
0: also want to say that I, like, 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 this was so funny.
3: That's what's great about geographical I, representation.
0: I, I need to send you a lot of times my, my pictures of the things I'm eating because you're yes, a Jewish like wife that. and you want to know what I'm eating. So I sent you a picture. We were in Congress uh, in one of the buildings, I think, Rayburn. And, Longworth, uh, you said. Longworth, Longworth. I always forget. Cannon, Rayburn, Longworth. Although the, they sound the same. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we w- I went to the salad bar, okay? And just pick a real salad. Something. I had to eat something. And I ate totally like like, like vegetables. vegetables. And then I put uh, a little oil on them. But then you were like, watch out for that salad dressing. It might be not kosher. And I had to write back to you, no, I only used plain olive oil. and uh, And I used a little bit of mayo, which was kosher. And also uh the a hot sauce, <laughs> which I looked up on the Internet to see if it was wow. kosher because it didn't say it. And it was a kosher good hot for you, sauce. I'm proud. So that was great. Ate a lot of vegetables. And people were like, nice salad. People were like, that's a good looking salad. I'm like, yeah, because I'm not eating anything else. So I piled on the yeah, salad. Yeah, you got to
3: eat a big salad. Yeah, so good the salad you, you
0: the salad was great. Uh, the lobbying was great. A lot of good friends we have in Congress. And we have some people who are more more skeptical, but skeptical. And even them, it's great to lobby with them. And and to talk and to, and to and to push the agenda, you gotta push it, baby. You gotta you gotta light the fire under there.
3: Speaking of which, I want to light a fire here for a second and say that I know that a lot of people are making their summer plans right now to come to Israel. Yes. You're about to come. Yes. And I want to say, come to Hebron. That's right. Come on over. If you haven't been before, you really should. Absolutely. And if you have been before, you really should.
0: Come to Hebron. Hebronfund.org uh, is one of our great sponsors. And uh, the Hebron Fund, you know, really helps uh, make Jewish life happen, including the kindergartens in Hebron. Absolutely. Uh, but come visit us. We have a weekly tour. And I think in the summertime, sometimes two two times a week. Lots of tours coming up. So you got to join and come on the Hebron Fund. Anisha's there. I, and there uh, there. there. And you can see me. You can see me. You can, you know, and bring me a birthday salad or, or some Yiddish nachos. And that's great stuff. Um, there's a lot of people I want to say hi to. I kind of want to say hi to everybody. But, like... If you're one of the people I want to say hi to, then hi. I want to okay? say
3: Mazel Tov to Grandpa Walter on his 96th birthday.
0: That's right. Mazel Tov. That is a
3: huge accomplishment. Okay. You should have a lot of happiness. Hello
0: to Arthur and his family. Hello to Eric. Hello to Andy uh, in Atlanta. Hello to ev- all the listeners. I got a lot of also great emails I'm gonna, that I, that I uh, have to read out loud uh, that, I, that I, I'm going to.
3: I like it when you read emails.
0: Yes. You want me to read an email? Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay, here's an email from Doug, who says, Shalom, Yisha. I had the pleasure of getting coffee with Rabbi Mike earlier this week, and I asked him about the different names we have for our people, Hebrews, Israelites, Jews, and how we should refer to ourselves. He told me you have, you have a take on it and said I should hear directly from you. If you're willing to share, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Doug, and I'll say just very quickly, Doug. That's a big
3: thing you're about to say really quickly. No,
0: no, no, it's, 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 it's tight. Hebrews, that is our – the word Hebrew is when an individual Jew is alone – Without anybody else, and if he doesn't know any Judaism, but he's born to a Hebrew mother, he is a Hebrew. Okay, we are Hebrews. That is our, uh, that is our hardware. Our hardware is that we're a Hebrew ethnicity. people. Our ethnicity, correct. Judaism, Jews, Yiddishkeit, all these words are the same thing. They come to s- signify the software that we run. Everything from uh, our, our uh, foods to our culture to our Judaism to our Talmud to our Torah, all that is Judaism. Yiddishkeit—that's the stuff that we run. Yiddishkeit is the same word as Judaism. Yiddish is Jewish, same thing. Uh, the J and the Y uh, uh, replace one another. So, so that is all of our software. But so, what is Israel? Israel is the name of our tribal configuration. When we're together as a nation, okay, and we're called Israel. When the
3: Hebrews are together right. doing Judaism,
0: that's right. The be- right. So, so the ultimate name of the Jewish people is a Hebrew person practicing Judaism. Right in America, you would be called Jewish. in In Russia, you would call, be called Yevre, which is Hebrew, because in Russia there's an ethnic identification. In America, there's like what you what you do. It's not like you nobody's going to identify you by your ethnicity. They'll identify you by by your like faith system. So in Russia, they'll say you're a Hebrew because that's what you are ethnically. In America, they'll say you're Jewish. But a Hebrew person, a uh, uh, a Hebrew person practicing Yiddishkeit Judaism in the land of Israel with all our brothers and sisters is called Israel, 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 okay? And that is why when somebody says to me, are you Jewish or Israeli? Which one are you first? Well, they want me to say I'm Jewish first because I believe in Judaism and God's law over the state of Israel, which is man's law. And I'm like, no, of course my name is Israel. That's the highest form of being Jewish in Hebrew. The highest form of being a Hebrew Jew is in Israeli a, a, a Children of Israel Yisrael That's the That's the higher name of Jacob That's the higher name Okay And so of course We are Israel Maka Fleischer Time has run out Yes we have run out of time I want to God bless you Thank you bless, I want to send you The blessings of God And, 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 and I want to send you Blessings for my birthday Yay To you And Happy and birthday Continued success and, and sweetness And love And, and health and, and happiness Of course Thank Lots you. of happiness Happiness by the way Is the key to the other things To health and to and to success and to long life as happiness. So one of the greatest things is should have all that. Amen. Amen. And God you, bless yishai you, folks. Happy
3: forty-second birthday. Thank you
0: very much. You know,
3: forty-two is just two twenty-one-year-olds.
0: That's right, two year olds
3: You're Okay.
0: Five. Yay! <laughs> I'm in good shape. <laughs> God bless you, folks, wherever you are out there. I want to thank you for everything that you do. I want to I want to bless you to keep broadcasting. Thank you so much for being with us. Write me an email, Yeshai at thelandofisrael dot com. You can write to me also. Uh, to Malka at ishayatthelandofisrael.com. Thank you so much for all that you do. Keep rebroadcasting the story of Israel, God's great broadcast. He's broadcasting 24-7. All we have to do is tune in. So stay strong. Keep tuning in. Be part of the story. Lots of love from Israel. God bless you. Shabbat Shalom. and Shalom.
1: One who doesn't respect and value his past is not worth the honor of in the present and has no right to a future. Well, I promise you that I respect and value the past, and I please God. would love to see honor in the present. And I know that all of us have a right to the future. I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is The Jewish Story. Join Rav Mike Foyer for the best Jewish history podcast. The Jewish Story
2: on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.